Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Friday to you. Ooh, it's a beautiful day, too. Man. You know what we need to do. Let's start off with this, Lucas. Buck Rising is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Mike Vrabel spoke earlier, right off the top of the show. Oh, yeah. Normally, we play his press conference on Friday because we want to know who's out and who's not. He usually answers like six or seven questions. Well, today he did like five, and then he said all of these names because he always says at the end, okay, these guys are not going to be available on Sunday. Usually a reporter has to ask him. That was not the case today. He answered the final question that he wanted to answer, and then he just reeled off all of these names. And these are names. These are like names that you're going to go like, oh, that guy's not playing that guy. He said it so fast. We have slowed it down. Here is slow-mo Mike Vrabel. Even Long, Evans, Dupree, Davis, McNichol, Swain. Have a great Friday. <laughs> Have a great Friday. I just now heard that. I did not hear that the first so we're, time. So we're thinking about, should we call it like drunk Mike Vrabel? He's not drunk at all. Okay. We're just slowing it down to make it sound. as I think Jimmy Kimmel did the drunk Donald Trump bit where he slowed down his audio. Okay. So that is slow-mo Mike Vrabel. We can, we can safely call it that with no fear of repercussions. But uh, it was a long list of names. Maben, who continues to be heard. Well, he was a, he was a hero for one week. The guy was a hero. Uh, then he's out. Then he's out. David he's Long. Available. David Long. Out. Dang, man. Was it hamstring? Man, man. Ah, he was on God. fire, man. He was kind of the linchpin to me like in the past in the run game. Man, he's David Long. Oh, no. No, it's it's a, hammy, it's it? a hamstring. I knew it. Yeah. When it just on this team, just guess like ankle or hamstring, because that's that's what you're going to get right now. So Rashawn Evans also out, ankle. So that's two of your linebackers. Man, how long he's been out for a minute. Yep. Bud Dupree. Abdomen. Yeah. And this is a guy who's also still rehabbing his knee. Uh so Bud Dupree, uh unavailable. Did not practice either day this week. Nate Davis out with a concussion. Two so, weeks in a row. That he, well, he, pra- he played, but then. So, once again, the Titans will not have uh, their full opening day uh, starting five offensive line. Uh, you've already lost the King. Now, McNichols will not play this week. Jeremy McNichols uh, also with a concussion. So, there's a couple of concussions. Um, and the next guy with a concussion who will not play uh, and Mike Rabel doesn't seem to mess around with concussions. Uh, the other guy, the, Jeff Swain, who's emerged as your top tight end option on the team. So as we discussed a lot earlier, boy, is this the thing that finally like blows up Ferks or like, hey man, we're just out of people. You're getting four targets today. They're not gonna say that, but they, <laughs> he's gonna be available because <laughs> someone else isn't. So maybe he'll be in the. The plays uh, that they run for the tight ends, I, I don't know, man. You just never know. I mean, you know, somebody will show up and have a big-time day like Marcus Johnson. It'll be somebody. It'll be Chester Rogers. Uh, it, it, A.J. Brown always has a good game versus the Texans, as I can recall, I think. Yeah, I think he always plays pretty well, well versus them. I don't know. Do you, you know, Lucas? Wasn't it last year uh, where they were Lucas late in the game and they – Looked like they could have just kind of run the clock out, and they threw the bomb, remember, to A.J. and oh, kicked the field goal. Oh, that was beautiful, dropping the bucket over the top. That's Great catch. I remember that. That might have been – was that two seasons ago or was that last year? 
I think it, 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 oh man, no, that was last season because that, that was when Derrick Henry broke two thousand. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to find it. Allen Bell had a really good stat on AJ Brown's recent success against the Texans. I'm trying to track it down. Yeah, he usually dominates them. I mean, he, he's man. I I think uh, man, I want to say I wrote it down somewhere, <laughs> but he's probably got at least four hundred something yards on probably twenty five catches or something like that. Over the last four games, I don't know how many TDs. Let's just give him five. See how close I get on the stats there, Lucas. Five TDs, 477, 25 catches. Uh, crack research staff, Lucas Panzica continues yeah. to uh, look hard through his phone in there. Yeah. All right, here's a Texan stat for you. And then and then the, the two players. 27, 477, five TDs. I think that's it. Oh, Bradley says uh, in his own TV chat, uh, 27 catches, 400 yards, five TDs. There you go. <laughs> Did you just see that? Oh, no, you don't have a screen over there, do you? No, they don't give us poor people. <laughs> I only have one that works. Yeah. Uh, there's four in front of me. Only one works. Luke has got like five of them in there. That's why he's always busy. No, he's just in there making it happen. Robert Doss says, I'm with you. By the way, I ended the last season just ranting about how bad I hate E-flat. Robert says, I'm with you, Mickey, fellow musician and guitarist. I hate E-flat. Uh, and many people are reminding me of all the songs that are in E-flat. Lonzo says Simple Man is in E-flat, which is a great song by Leonard Skinner. Ooh. I'm sure they tuned down, though. The worst <laughs> is when you're playing. That's your answer. Is that when you're playing it down. Yes, that's, I'm going to answer everyone <laughs> that way. The worst is when you're, if you're writing your own songs, you just tune down to E-flat and you play it all there. Or you tune down a half step, then everything's lower. It's easy for the singer to sing. But when you're playing a cover gig and you're, like, just playing this song and this song and this song, and you can't move around on your tuning, I guess you could switch guitars anyway. I, I don't like E-flat. So if you were thinking about hiring me, then I guess I've lost all my shows that I was going to get to play because I don't like E-flat. Uh, these guys do not play in E-flat, but I, I'm finally to it. The two guys that concern me the most for the Texans. So Brandon Cook's the receiver. Oh, watch out now. He, he's got a proven track record now. We talk a lot about fast people. He's one of those people. Ooh. Ooh. He's 4-3 guy. Mm-hmm. He's 4-3. Legit. I looked in the first two games with Tarot. I go look up his history. This is what I used to do. Look up the you know players' history, and he like won like state in high school, ran track even in college. You know something. He was something like that. He was legit fast. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking. I got. Oh, I got to get on my giddy up. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and remind people because sometimes you remind me of this. Football fast and track fast. Oh, it's different. It's a different thing. He's both. Yeah, he. Okay. That's what's scary. That's what's scary yeah, about he can this run guy. by anybody in the secondary. Guaranteed. So, First two games with Terod Taylor at quarterback, he got 21 targets. Ooh. He had 14 catches for 210 yards. He averaged 15 yards a catch. Terod Taylor is back. That's why I'm worried about that guy. Again, he's got the speed to get. So maybe did, did they do some of what the Saints did, where they run those what Coach Matt calls those transcontinental routes if there's man-to-man coverage and they rub a guy, mm-hmm. and then away Brandon Cooks goes. Besides just running him on a nine route down well, the field. Well, they can run that, no doubt about it. But I think the key is always going to be the front four and how much they get after the quarterback. Even though uh, Taylor can run around, that's going to buy you some time. He could be open you know, for a split second, and then he's not. Yeah. You know, because he's running for his life. And then you got time to recover as a DB. Now, they can scheme up a lot of you know receivers open. But he's really fast. I'm sure they're going to do something like that. Uh, let alone, I, I would probably target him early in the game, get him into the flow if I'm them. So I'll probably be rolling coverage to him early just to see what they do because I, I, I don't think any of the other guys can beat us. He can actually beat you. I mean, he can score in a blink of an eye. Yep. Uh, so that that will be concerning. Um, so, yeah, I you know, have a, you know, let Hooker roll over the top and let Buyer be Buyer. Let him freelance. And I like that. Be a ball hawk. I do like that. Then they uh, say, no, you got him triple teamed. 
And then the other guy on defense for them, they've traded away a lot of parts and pieces. I mean, heck, they were leading rusher. I think it's still Mark Ingram, who's been on the Saints now for a while. Um, they got David Johnson as well as Lindsey. Lindsey and as well as uh, Burkhead. Yeah, but yeah. So they got they got a bunch of guys. I, yeah, they, they can't run the ball. They, they line not that good, huh? That's some decent backs. They all right. Huh? Yeah. They have a bunch of like, that guy's pretty good he's, kind he's of backs. He's a solid back. I mean, nothing great, but he, David Johnson, man, when healthy, he's a pretty man. And he catches he the ball up, great. He can do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, at one point, he was like the third highest paid running back in the NFL yeah, for the Cardinals, right? Yeah, he was the 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 thing the deal that he signed. He signed a three year thirty mil three year thirty nine million dollar contract. He was making thirteen million a year. Dang, boy, you know that off the top of your head, I had no clue. Oh no, when Derrick Henry was getting his contract, I knew everybody's <laughs> three for thirty nine. Well, Look it up. I, I did know it at that time, <laughs> but now time has passed. <laughs> No, so I, I I don't have so much space in my brain, Mickey. So I have to clutter out some of the stuff. Oh no, all the stuff my wife wants me to know. I've forgotten all that, <laughs> but I know this contract number. I'm sorry, baby, for listening. I love you. <laughs> On defense, here's the number that I remembered: Jonathan Grenard out of Florida, uh, seven sacks in seven games. Ooh. They have 19 as a team. He has seven of them. And, and we've seen defensive linemen do things that have bumfuzzled the Titans. That's a technical term. Mm-hmm, the yeah. Titans' offensive line. Defensive linemen who can get at it have gotten at it sometimes again. Seven games, seven sacks. So that's a heck of a ratio, man. Seven for seven. He's played because he, he's missed a couple of injuries. He's got. There's one game literally he didn't have one, and all the other games he has one or two. Is he lined up? We don't know. Is he on quiz or, or Lawan? We'll find out real quick on Sunday. But that might be the guy that okay. Some problems. Give him some extra attention. Yeah, chip, chip him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tight end, yep. running back. Turn your your cover. I mean your blocking scheme that way. Yeah, but the other guys beat him. Yeah, they, yeah. This is just a solid team. This is the first time I, I feel comfortable, but I'm only hesitant because they offer bye, and it's a division game, and Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, well, Cooks, you just mentioned him. Yeah. But, I mean, they are supposed to be. This, this is the first time playing the Texans I feel comfortable, you know, because it's not Deshaun Watson. Oh, think. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, they just got to do what they've been doing. That's it, and they'll be fine. Let's get uh, Gorillas checking in on Gorilla. the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Gorilla, what's going on? You got a question for the Hitman? Got the E-flat. Yes, I do. Hitman, what's going on? The best. Glenn Bishop, man. You know we love you guys. Appreciate it, man. We do. <laughs> Check this out, Blaine. You know, there's been this thing about the nickname for our defense out there moving around for about a week or so now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Our front four, man. Just tell me what you think about this name, man. The Flame Family. The who? The Flame the Family? Flame family. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, that's kind of catchy. I kind of like that. Man, that's that's hardcore. That's the hard flame to flamethrower. Maybe flamethrowers. Yeah. Hey, but... Gorilla, thank you for the phone call. What do you call it? Flame what? Flame Family. I can't hear my, my ear. I had a hard time hearing, too. Flame Family, I think, is where we were. Oh. Oh. Huh. Have you got any ideas there, Mickey? I'm not a nickname to defense guy. Uh, also, also, if you look, uh, they are, let's see. I got a name. Okay. We got to make sure, uh, Lucas, give us some input. Give us a youngster input. Blick. Oh, my bad. Blick. (laughs) No, I was about to say two words together. Big blue wrecking crew. Big blue wrecking crew. Big, big blue. You like that, Lucas? I think so. Big blue wrecking crew. At this point, there's been so many thrown into the ether that it's just become, the conversation has become ridiculous. Oh, 
Um, do so you remember? Do you remember what you guys' defense was ranked in two thousand? Oh yeah, absolutely. Two thousand. Yeah. Oh. Okay. One. Did you guys have a nickname? I got a nice big trophy in my house that they gave it to all the defensive guys. Did you guys have a nickname? Nope. Just go out and be number one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not a big nickname to defense I got you, guy. I'm with you. And and not like the smash and dash for Lindale and yeah, yeah all that's fun. Man, but the offensive players always get the fun stuff. They always get fun names. But here's the Titans are. Oh shoot! I hit the wrong button here. They are in total defense. You know what? That's what we would call. The Titans are ranked in total defense right now. Twenty first. Can't have a nickname if you're twenty first. I like it, Mickey. You can't have a nickname, and I get it. They're getting after people in the front four. They're where they ranked on sacks. They got to be up there top five. Uh, Sacks per pass attempt. They're twelfth. They're top five in sacks. Yeah. Okay. They're top five in sections. I like that. Now, name the pass rush then. But if you're overall, and then in scoring defense, they're 15th. You can't have a nickname if you're 15th in scoring defense. Yeah. Where, they, where are we in offense? Offense is. <laughs> I hope we won't be looking like how Arthur Smith and them looked last night, boy. New no. England look good, hey, boy. Hey. Ooh. They're still number six in scoring on offense. They're still right? number six. Yes, they're number six. They're number six in scoring offense. Texans are 32. Texans are averaging two touchdowns a game. The Texans, Blaine, have not scored a road touchdown since week two. I'm not making that up. They have not scored a touchdown on the road since week two. Dang, they 32 at everything. 32 at 31. Yeah, they're consistent. Don't fall for the okey-doke. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it, Lucas. Buck Rising Don't said to join it. us next. He won't fall for the okey-doke. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time for our weekly visit with uh, our man Buck Rising, brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. Buck, uh, we bumped you back for about an hour this week. Mike Vrabel, the lightning round uh, press conference today. Heck, we still could have had your appearance. He was on and gone, uh, and at the end, he very quickly gave out a very long list of names of guys who will not be available on Sunday. Yeah, and I think the the one that kind of most concerns you just because of what long-term implications it could have is is Nate Davis again on there with a concussion. Yeah. Um and having to miss another game because of it. That's you know, it's it's so tricky with those and it can be such a slippery slope if you don't handle them the best way possible. And even if you do everything that you can, these these this is just, you know, a a product of, of playing the sport, but obviously, you know, without Nate Davis, without Bud Dupree, David Long and Rashawn Evans, again, Jeff Swaim, who's been really productive in the last couple of weeks and Jeremy McNichols, who's been their staple as the third down back in obvious passing down situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, we, we've done, we've done this every week. We'll probably continue to do it up until whatever time or how late they play into the playoffs. Um, at this point, set to make them, but yeah, they're they're banged up. They're like everybody else at this year. That they're at at this point in the season, they're just dragging their leg across the finish line. I have to ask you, Buck, what's the odds of Dylan Radins dressing? <laughs> dressing? I mean, pretty good because Bobby Hart got signed off the uh, off the practice squad today. He's going back to Buffalo. Oh, after okay. they just brought him back to the practice squad, so I'd I'd say there's. 
I'd say there's an above average chance. Like he's not going to dress out over over Brewer or um, Corey Levin, but both of those guys are usually active on game day anyway. So it makes. I mean, that's his backup technically, but <laughs> I bet it's Brewer that plays. Wow, uh, I just continued to be just in awe of that whole sequence of events around him. Uh, the other thing, and you mentioned Jeff Swain, who's turned out to be a, a nice receiving option, the top Titans receiving option at tight end so far this season. Uh, does this bring Anthony Ferkser out of the dark and, and, and back into the light with some opportunities maybe? Uh, you know, I mean, he's not done much with the opportunities that he's gotten. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I know. I know Tommy Hudson's not yet available to them. Um, he was just cleared to return to practice, but I like I like Michael Pruitt and and Tommy Hudson over Berkser uh, at this point, which is so bizarre. I mean, I really don't know what to make of of the lack of consistency, and we we have no idea what what that early knee injury is kind of doing to him, or has bogged him down, or whether it's affect his route running uh, abilities at all. But I mean, he's been he's been really a non-factor at this point and it, he's really not been targeted much either. Tannehill's not going to him, which is um, pretty telling. He's been targeted two and a half times per game this season. It's about as low as it gets among qualified NFL tight ends. So I'd say to you um, that maybe, but I just, they need a body. And once upon a time, you know, Buck, he was kind of that guy when, when pass rushers were getting to Tannehill quickly, he, you know, he was that in the slot guy. He was that dump off option, you know, on third and four, he was the guy who'd get you five yards and, and he's just not any of those things right now. No, he's two false start penalties on critical, uh, in critical passing situations. One, that first one on third down, that was just really, really bad when the quarterback's trying to use the hard count to get a couple extra yards. Um, it was, it's the, the first experience has not been good. And uh, we, we were kind of joking on the way out of practice on Wednesday, basically uh, John Glennon, I know you guys have him on pretty regularly talking about, you know, he feels bad because he told a bunch of people over the course of this off season in interviews that that would be a, a sleeper grab in fantasy football this year, Anthony Ferkser. And there's just been nothing there. He's still sleeping. Uh, Buck Rising, he never sleeps through this uh, this segment with us on Fridays. Again, brought to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford here on Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> nice segue there, Mickey. Uh, yeah, Buck, I, I know you have uh, Cosell on. You're a nice, uh, you know, shameless plug there. Uh, but uh, what's going to be some of the keys to the victory versus uh, the Texans? Uh, they should beat this team, but, man, rivalry game, you never know what's up with Ty, you know, Tyrod Taylor, uh, what could happen, and Cooks could get on fire. So what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's an interesting game because you know Tarod, who really doesn't turn the ball over, was really really bad mm -hmm. um, in his first game back. Now they've obviously had the bye week since they played the Dolphins, but there was, I mean both both offenses struggled. There was a combined nine turnovers, but he he threw three interceptions, and the the game plan changes with him versus Davis Mills because of what his mobility brings to the table, and that's kind of the design. When you look at what Nick Casario was doing, I mean, I know I've made a million jokes about the 75 running backs that they signed <laughs> in the offseason, but when David Culley, you have him coming over from the Baltimore coaching staff and obviously understanding some of the schematics that make it work for a mobile quarterback when you've got a diversified running game. That was their initial plan, and, I mean, they started the season off with a win, and they honestly looked pretty good doing it. So 
again, it depends on how much uh, the quarterback settles in because it seems like he was just – he was forcing stuff. Um, and understandably so, you know, he's his first game back. I think we saw similar a similar approach from Russell Wilson this week as well, dealing with that finger injury. Um, but I think, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're sound in their, in their, uh, rushing lanes, um, and really with trying to, I mean, they've been middle of the pack as far as run defense is concerned, they're going to come at you with a couple of different looks, but this should not be much of a, much of a struggle at all. Defensively, they got some guys that can get after you a little bit, but their, their secondary is, is not very good at present. So there should be opportunities on both sides of the ball. Right, we're thinking of the defense. A.J. Brown's always had pretty good games against these guys, right? Yeah, I mean, A.J. AJ, uh, balls in these divisional games. It, against the Colts, obviously, he had uh, the big day, 155 yards receiving. That's kind of the last performance that we've seen him put on. Um, you know, he obviously going through some stuff of his own this week, and, and he's, he's necessary. But honestly, he's getting the attention right now. There's no Derek. There's no Julio. There's nobody else that threatens you. And I thought Marcus Johnson did well to take advantage of those opportunities that were presented to him. Um, he had a 100-plus-yard yard performance, which is about as good as you could ask without you know any semblance of the running game that we all are accustomed to from watching Titans football with Derrick Henry. But, you know, I mean, A.J.'s doing – A.J.'s not helping himself because there are drops in there. But he is also being, you know, actively taken away by the last two defenses that this team has played. And in L.A. with Jalen Ramsey and with the Saints, they are pretty pretty competent ones. It sh- he should have a greater amount of success today because, I mean, the Texans just don't have dudes. Mm, man. Going with Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show. Uh, we had Sean Salisbury, who covers uh, the uh, Texans <laughs> daily, and said they didn't talk oh. an ounce about it. Said it's a you know what show, and it's a wreck there. And Cully doesn't know what's going on, and he's making the same mistakes, you know, head coaching mistakes that you think as time goes on, you get better, man. But uh, he says this probably has to be the worst roster in the National Football League, top to bottom. And he said, Yeah, do they have good players? Yeah, he named Cook and Taylor, but. He said, "At the end of the day, they just they just don't have enough, and then uh, the coaches aren't, aren't uh, you know really doing a good job with the uh, type of players they have." No, I mean it's it looks like an unholy nightmare. Like imagine our football season being over literally in September, boys. Like Ooh. what the hell would we do with ourselves for you know three hours a day and two hours a day? And you guys on Titans talk back, God help you. Like it would be yeah. uh, an unholy yeah, nightmare people. if that's how the football season was going. So it's much nicer to be on the. Uh, in the uh, with with more wins in that column than what the Texans are currently experiencing because they just I mean there's just no hope it coming either because there's nothing in the draft that they got because Bob before he went down and ruined Alabama's offense was shipping up uh, shipping off all their picks so they got they got nothing in the future either it's bleak. Mm. Going with Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show covers the Titans. Buck, I heard you and Lucas having this discussion today. The Titans have two defensive MVP candidates. Um, where did you guys land between Bayard or Big Jeff? Um, I don't know where Lucas landed because even if he told me, I largely uh, block him out because he's just trying to play mind games with me while we're on the air so he can make me make a mistake and then take my job. Um, but I decided that for me it was Jeffrey Simmons because Bayard can be all of the things that Kevin Bayard is and be a great leader and be 
uh, a, an incredibly opportunistic and smart player, prepared player, and still not be able to make up for um, something like what we saw last season, which is a complete and utter lack of pass rush. So what Big Jeff is doing, and also, I mean, it's important to note, what Big Jeff is being teed up to do, because Danico Autry and Harold Landry and Bud Dupree and occasionally Ola are able to set him up. This is what it was supposed to look like with Beasley and Clowney, where they're scheming up opportunities around their best defensive player, which is Jeff Simmons. And you see the fruits of that this year, where this dude has as many quarterback hits this season as he did through 15 games last year and seven and a half sacks. There's, I mean, there's not anybody other than Aaron Donald that's doing it like this at this point. This is what, it, this is what I think we all envision kind of um, when we were sold the package of goods that he wasn't, when you watched him at Mississippi State, of just this unholy terror up front. You know, it's funny because both those guys are having such great years. We had a similar discussion on the show one day and got way down the road. And then we realized we're not even talking about Harold Landry, who's, you know, third in the league or whatever in sacks right now. That dude's had a fantastic year, but the other two have played so much better. It's kind of been overshadowed. Oh, well, not by his agent. That agent is waiting. He knows exactly how many sacks and how many pressures, how many tackles for loss, all of it. And how many, how many times they're dropping into Harold into coverage to yeah. take away from potential sacks that he could have? They're watching all this stuff, so it's it it's not going under uh, under un, unnoticed by the people who are you know very financially invested in what Harold Landry's future might look like. You put on your J Rob hat. I, I want to say that I looked in the franchise tag for a linebacker last year was fifteen ish million or, or or somewhere in that range. Would you? I, I mean, if you're the Titans, would you think? Hey man, the way this guy's playing, let's squeeze another year, let's franchise him. Uh, I'm I'm not a proponent of the franchise tag almost ever. I okay. hate it uh, because players hate it. You're sometimes it's necessary, and you can't always give the player what they want, which is a long term extension. But that position, I mean, you know, there's always the potential that people could get hurt. That happens to anybody, so you can't really you know hold that against him. I think that Harold Landry is a good enough player that he deserves a multi year extension here to try and keep this group together. I mean, you've got something, right? And we saw how quickly everything can, like with the 49ers, for example, that had that kind of defensive front in the Super Bowl against Kansas City, and then all of a sudden they look the way that they look right now, and everything seems a lot more mortal and a lot more house of cards-ish. So I think if you find a way to structure it the way that John's been pretty adept at doing, where the cap hit is less in the first season, it gives you a little more room to wiggle. Um, Harold's one of these core pieces like Kevin Byard was and like Taylor Lewan, uh was and is and Jarrell Casey before him and Brett Kern, like guys that you want to reward for what they've done here because, I mean, Harold's been doing this. The problem is he hasn't had any, he hasn't had any damn help. <laughs> so he's just been getting all these pressures with nothing to show for it. And now that they have some horsepower out there with him, you see how much of a how much more of an impactful player that you have, and with your quarterback and running back already already under contract, and you know some time to work with AJ and, and Jeff Simmons on a fifth year option, given that they're the draft class behind him, I would I would try and sign Harold up. I mean, they're going to wait it out because yeah. they want to see how many more sacks he can get, of course. But I I think Harold's worth worth keeping. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with that for sure. Buck Rising, our guest, Buck Rising Show, A to Z Sports, uh, you name it. He's all over the radio dial.
Well, Buck, how many Pro Bowlers do the Titans have? Name them right off the cuff. I know you know. You cover them better than anybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, based on what, who will get in? Because you know this is a pop, popularity contest, Blaine. You know it's just uh, a bunch of people nah, on the nah, internet who you think should get in? Well, I think that it's – I think that – I mean, hell, I think it's half the defense. I think it's uh, Bayard. I think it's Christian Fulton. I don't know if he's played enough games for that to be the case. And honestly, guys, if you – I don't know how much or how focused you've been on the left side of that offensive line, but Taylor Lewan is – is playing well when he's out there. It's just he's not damn out there. Um, but guys that will get in are going to be Byard and Simmons. I think they've made big enough names for themselves. I think that Derek, you know, had he been healthy, would have been a shoo-in. But other than that, there's not been enough of A.J. and Julio consistently for them to be legitimate candidates. And, and there's just not another name on the defense that I think people will gravitate towards enough for them to get the kind of traction that you need. I know if I don't know if you were still in college or not, but uh, were you here at any time with with Fisher and Floyd Reese era? What do you recall if you were? You know, I uh, I was in I would have been in what grade school during the Fisher Floyd Reese no, era. No, at the end. So, what was the last year? Oh yeah, he was still in grade. You were still in grade school? Yeah, it was a long time ago. He's a young fella. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought now, you at least been at I, right, I because... least thought you were at IU or something. <laughs> No, no, no. Listen, Are you Blaine, even 30? I'm, 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 no, I'm 28. Get the hell out of here. Stop it. I'm, I'm already telling Lucas I'm like these progressive, you know, this is how not to be your parents commercials yeah. type deal. Like I'm going through that stage of my life right now. So no extra years, thank you. But here's what I'll say, because I worked with Floyd when I got first, uh, like my first job out of oh, yeah, college down here in Nashville with zero qualifications and zero, like, guidance as to how to kind of correctly do my job and I worked with Floyd during his broadcasting career and he's just I mean he was he basically helped me understand the history of the franchise that I was going to go cover just because we didn't at the time have anybody covering the Tennessee Titans and I decided I was going to go to practice so Floyd base I mean Floyd was such a genuinely decent person um his wife Miss Sally their family you know very happy for them that he knew before he passed away that he was going to be going in. And obviously, you know, Jeff Fisher is, is iconic. Even if, even if, even in a different time of his career, like Jeff Fisher's impact on football outside of the, outside of the eight and eight jokes and the mustache and all this stuff, like Jeff has legitimately helped change the direction of the game for all the things that he's been a part of, not just on, on the football field with the Rams, and the Titans, and then, of course, the Oilers before that, but what he's done with the competition committee and how impactful he's been in trying to grow the game with things like these spring leagues that he's been involved of and kind of giving guidance to a lot of people across the league. So these are, I mean, these are two of the biggest names in, in football history for what they did, and I don't got to tell you guys this. You, you know it, and the audience knows it as well, but it's, it's good that it's happening. It's long overdue, and I know everybody's going to enjoy it because the Texans suck and they should win, so it should be a big time. Let's hope uh, Buck Rising will be on the air talking about it Sunday morning at 9, and then we'll be on at 10 with uh, Dr. Smooth, Kevin Dyson, and then Titans count down at 11, and then kick off here at noon on the zone. It's all going down on Sunday. Thank you, Mr. Buck. We will talk to you next week. Have a lovely weekend, boys. Yes, sir. The one and only, the busiest man in Titans business right there, Buck Rising. When we come back, it's time to call your shot. Courtesy of our friends at Chattanooga Whiskey. You got a shot that you want to call? 
We're going to call ours next. Jump in line, 615-737-1045. Zone TV chat or on Twitter, at Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time to uh, call your shot. We do this each week. This is not a shot, but I, I just I hope the nickname thing goes away. Oh, I, wow. I, 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 I'm just – Titans fans are funny. They fight on Twitter about things like nicknames. They're united. They're, Titans fans are like each other's brother, like you'd fight with your own brother, but if anybody tried to fight your brother, then you'll fight them because he tried to fight your brother. They get so mad at the national media because, you know, nobody picks the team to do anything, nobody respects the team and all this stuff, but then people – but then they fight with each other about like what should they, there's a I mean I had to mute the thread I I got involved in a nickname fight on my Twitter and I didn't tweet about it people just keep tweeting me about it and then they're fighting Lucas where do, where do you fall in the nickname thing I'm I'm right there with you I'm this close to muting the word nickname on Twitter <laughs> I, I know many that have already done that um and I like that people are passionate. That that part I love. That the fact they sit around and make memes and graphics and things about it. I, I'm totally cool with that. But don't fight about it. Like people are calling each other stupid because one guy <laughs> wants to be the Music City Mayhem and the other guy wants it to be the you know the Cumberland Crushers or Someone whatever. Said River Monsters in the YouTube <laughs> chat. By the way, a River Monster is like a weird thing that lives in the river. I don't think you want to be that. Um, Nothing weird about Call Your Shot. That's brought to you by Chattanooga Whiskey, available at your favorite Nashville retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. Maybe you'll have a little nip of that this weekend. Time to call our shot, boys. Um, Lonzo says in, in the Zone TV chat, I will after Blaine calls his shot. So maybe he's waiting for your shot to call. It's oh. a double shot with oh. Blaine and Lonzo. Oh, this is by the way, shocker. what up, Lonzo? Uh, Bama is favored by 21 over Arkansas. They will cover that. I thought the Tennessee would cover against Alabama. Wasn't that the one that that was my shot? Yeah, well, they almost did. It was a seven-point game in the fourth. By gosh, they totally choked away that cover. Yeah. A chance. I don't big, win anything. Big Suey. It's going to be a close one to the end. Big Suey's going to cover against Alabama. I I, yeah. I, I, I think I they can that. do it, yeah. obviously. Uh, I, I think that is I think that is doable by Sam Pittman's crew. Lucas Panzica. I'm going to stay in the SEC. Missouri and Florida and Columbia. Both teams are 5-5, five and five, but the trajectory is totally different. Florida season's over. They had to gut out a shootout win over Samford at home out of the FCS last hey, week. they danced after that, Lucas. You shut your they mouth. They did. Dan Mullen was making <laughs> Ted Lasso references after that. Well, I mean, what do you think was going to happen when they fired a D.C.? Now, there's a little All right, yeah. There. No, that fixed everything. They sure did. But, uh, they I've got Mizzou covering plus nine against Florida. Florida favored by nine I in thought, Columbia. No, finish this thing. They're going to beat Florida, and that ends it for Dan Mullen. Yeah. All right, call Mizzou a straight shot. up. Mizzou straight up. You're right. You're right. I'm going to call a shot. Here, Lucas? I'm going to call a shot. We don't want his Mark Mariani say. We don't want him. <laughs> Mizzou wins at home against Florida. They're playing for ball eligibility. They got Arkansas in the last week of the regular season, Ooh. so they got to get it now. And Dan Mullen, I mean, it's over there, right? It's over. It's just a matter of when, whether he's going to win a couple games here, maybe last to next season, but it's it's over. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll call the shot. Mizzou beats Florida at home. Uh, Missouri, if Missouri beats them, I, I would think that that puts it into the. And I don't know. a bowl game, and you have to fire me. That's crazy to say because what is Mullen's record like 36 and 13 or something, you know, some low number like that? He's going to get fired. And he's like a. 
You could pencil in. He was 10 wins a year, 10 or 11. I mean, you could just pencil him in as that. that that's who that guy was. Yeah, I mean, he lost was, the team, man. If they lose to Mizzou or Florida State next week, it's over. Either one, I think, could do it. And what are they? Five? Are they? They're five and five. Both okay. teams, okay. Mizzou okay. and Florida, are both five and five. So both fighting for bowl eligibility. Well, it seems like drinking them have had some injuries at Missouri, and he's kind of held that deal together. Well, they just, I mean, they just beat South Carolina, who whooped Florida two weeks ago. And who Doug Matthews? We were talking about how you know just the seasons that some coach Doug Matthews, who I'd greatly respect, who's covered Tennessee and the SEC and coached in it and played in it, and he was praising what Beamer has done at South Carolina this year, holding that deal together to the tune of five wins. Let's get let's get Paxton's shot right quick. Paxton, thanks for checking in, man. How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes, sir. So, uh, my shot is uh, an NFL shot, and uh, it's going to make some, some Titans Nation uh, people very upset, Ruh, Ruh. myself one of them. I am going to go with not only the Colts to cover, but – to win outright against Buffalo on Sunday. I uh, hang up and listen to that. Ooh, Paxton. Ooh, in Buffalo, too. Probably snow in Buffalo. Why not? Ooh, man. Why not just snow there? Yeah, I'm going to build. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo says Titans by nine in the chat. I looked. I'm looking They're right now. They're favored by 10, right? They're favored by 10. So Lonzo is saying win, but don't cover, I would assume, is what Lonzo is saying. Mm. Mine is the Titans are going to run for 100 yards. Uh, against like the Texans. It's been a month since they've, since they've had a 100-yard game. They're nice. 31st against the run. And here's the thing. Foreman's going to carry the bulk of that rascal. Mm-hmm. Like so it. I'm going with Titans to get a hundo to cross that century mark. Sun is in the sky. Ron Slay's banging on the window. Friday's a calling, folks. It is time for us to jump off here and hand it off to 3HL on this beautiful Friday. Yeah. So happy Friday. Yes, sir. And... You know what? Peace! Peace.